0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Oscar Robertson, Blue What a year has been! The Bucs are the world champions! going inside.
0: 2nd,
1: Middleton, yes, Chris Middleton! Happy birthday, Jason Kidd, places up for grabs! Behind the back, Giannis, and then a good ball, and in watch.
0: Holy moly! Dudley, up top, open, he's got a clean catch! Oh. And Milwaukee wins it! play basketball and win. And win? Yeah. How many games? Six to be go we'll
2: win a six. Well, welcome to episode three hundred and forty-six of the Win a Six podcast. Probably a part of the Eurostep podcast network and the Blue Hour podcast family. I'm your host Adam McGee, and joining me as always, it's my good friend Jordan Tresky. Jordan, hello. Hello. How are you doing? Doing well. I'm glad to hear it. We are here to continue on with our ongoing series where. We catch up with longtime friends of ours. Some of them are former guests on the show. Some of them are people who contributed a uh, behind-the-book pass with us. And some of them are people we just know through the pod, know through Twitter. And that's the category that today's guest falls into. We have got uh, the infamous, I think, famous applies here. Infamous would also apply here. One of the the most prominent Books tweeters, there is. I think if you're listening, if you're on Twitter, you're gonna know who this person is. Although you will not know who this person is. And today's guest is our friend Nihilus Books, Gregory Smith, whatever you want to call him, Gregory, Hello, welcome. Hi, Adam. <laughs> you've you've wanted this for quite a while, and we've talked about we've been about talking it. We've about been this like, for
1: like two years, bud.
2: <laughs> which is. You're not alone on that. This is something that has come up with. A lot of people being been out. It's like, oh yeah, we've... I'm like, yeah, we have. Uh, but here we are. And what better time to do it than after the book's winning a championship? So we're going to work our way through your entire book's journey, which I, it's safe to say is a source of fascination for many. And I think one of the things that maybe goes underappreciated here, because you have memed the hell out of this team over the years, you probably have as deep a knowledge of this team as pretty much anyone True, like the last four or five years. So I'm really looking forward to this and a lot of directions you take us. What we're going to do is we're going to start with a question that, as I always say, could be very simple. It could be very complicated. I don't know which way you will take it. But, Gregory Smith, why are you a Bucks fan?
1: That's a great question until this year, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh <laughs> uh yeah no so basically long story short uh i wasn't really into basketball till college and then my roommate got me playing 2K and he was a bucks fan and then on our create a player we got drafted by the bucks and this was the 2013 this is the we were playing on 2K14 mm-hmm. in 2013 and i led the bucks to the title and <laughs> I don't know. I kind of felt like fell in love with like Giannis and also just a bunch of people on, online through my roommate and everything else, and and uh, now we're here. It's kind. It's the long, treacherous road of weird, crazy, insane things that only make sense to someone whose brain is broken as mine.
2: But <laughs> do you think that because it's one thing, like it's it's easy to say all of that, right? It's easy to say, okay, I fell in love with your answer, I fell in love with the Bucs at this point. But, as you mentioned, you weren't really a basketball fan before that, so it was all pretty new to you. Is it safe so you didn't know quite what you were getting into? That maybe works on multiple levels for you. <laughs> um, but in terms of just the direction your books fandom would take, and the role it will play in your life, and also just like what it's like to be a Bucs fan and go on that journey.
1: Uh, yeah, so... For the first couple years, I only, like, kind of followed the team. Uh, it was more of just, like, I'd occasionally look at them where I'd play with them on 2K. Like, I wouldn't exactly... I wasn't obviously in college doing what I was doing, so there wasn't a whole lot of time to sit down and watch basketball uh, until it got to the point uh, my junior year where, where it was so overwhelming that I was literally just watching the basketball to distract my brain for a little while. Uh, I specif- specifically remember sitting in uh the one of the student lounges, like with my work on my one side and the Bucks, Raptors, uh, game six of I think the Jet game, I think it was. Yeah. Uh like in the background and I was like trying to focus on but bo- one of both, but it was not working. But <laughs> I was like, Oh the Bucks are losing, don't worry about it. And then it like start working and I look up I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> of course they ended up losing that game but and then the whole like bucks fandom experience like twitter is really what like drew me in more because it was just because the bucks were a dumpster team obviously from like 13 to 16 ish like we obviously the seven seed or whatever we were that year but and it was just watching the fans like it was the end of the world every single loss but and it was just so funny it was like you saw these people pouring their heart and souls into this miserable basketball team (laughs) and you would just every, yeah. And yeah, the whole nihilist account came from just making fun of Bucks fans for being honest, just how miserable they were. And that was the whole joke at first was, it was just a reflection and people really like empathized or, you know, understood the account they, sure. didn't realize, they didn't realize at first that it was a joke about them they thought it was just a person I think there's
2: probably some people to this day that at certain times even books fans that are not quite aware that the joke can be on them although it has evolved over time for sure
1: oh I don't, yeah we can get to that if you want uh but <laughs> yeah i also kind of was great about that count i was like working insane hours and it was just a way to like occupy my brain at two in the morning when I'm trying to stay awake. Uh, was just posting random bull. Uh, can we swear at him?
2: Yeah, sure. Okay. Once <laughs> you do it, I just hit the explicit button. Let's not go over the top now, but yeah, don't, I'm, gonna don't to hold to watch, I'm gonna
1: have to watch, I'll am watch my vocabulary because otherwise, it's tasteful just, swearing. Yeah. yeah,
2: you know, a few here or there is fine. <laughs> Okay, you, know, you were just you were just getting prepared with that question. I thought like there was one that was like building up and about to just explode out there. But to pull back the curtain a little, we know each other going back to around that time through the pod show. As you said, you became very online, and we got to know each other and we got to talk. And I can attest to. I remember when Niall's books became a thing, and I remember you working crazy hours because your hours actually would at times actually match my non books hours, which is, you know, that's a sign when things are, when anyone's close to matching up on my schedule in the US, that's like, it's a reverse situation (laughs) that I don't get to experience very often. But I knew how much fun you were having with that. And I knew how much fun you were starting to have with a lot of just the weirdness of Books Twitter, because there was this mix always of, you know, maybe in part of it's because the team's so bad. Like, there's just kind of there's a weird undertone there's there's niche players that take off there's a different mindset than you're going to find on kind of twitter followings of a lot of other teams and you clearly felt like something was your niche there and it just hit at the right time and i guess here we are like for me i saw it unfold in real time and as i have said to you before and i joked you there are times where i'm like good god did i contribute to uh what Craigery is doing to the the wider online world at this moment, and there are times where I'm like, oh, look at look at that amazing thing that's happening over there. Um, I remember when that was just starting up, but for you, that whole journey, like you you just said it at the start, it's kind of like you're seeing what's around you, you're getting sense of it, and it's you know you're making an account that is kind of laughing at the situation there. Am I wrong to say, though, that over time, you became one of the fans that you were kind of making a joke about in the first place?
1: Oh, I was already there. Like, I'm not going to pretend like right. I'm some saint above everyone laughing at the peasants or anything, but it was just like, there were points where it was just so over the top. Like, you thought you thought somebody had killed their grandmother when we drafted <laughs> Thon Maker. I could not stop laughing when I saw Thonmaker get selected. That was one of the moments where I was like, dear God, because... i remember adam you and i were literally talking about it i'm like they're not gonna take thought are they (laughs) like that uh like obviously the spirit animal of the account for a while was greg monroe uh sure (laughs) still the pin tweet i think that's when people realized that it like i was doing something weird (laughs) it's the (laughs) greg monroe tweet (laughs) just completely unhinged
2: uh this is great for memes. I mean, even that's with stuff, I recently, I had to, my um, my laptop was basically just full. I had no memory and I had to go out and just delete tons of stuff. So I was going <laughs> back through some things I made like back in 2015, 2016, photoshops, and just the sheer amount of Greg Monroe photoshops and like uh, photos of him making all sorts of incredible faces. He was maybe the best books player for memes outside of I guess Bees kind of rivaled him for a while when he came along. But Moose, I don't think people even think of him as that kind of personality. But he was definitely, he was good for us uh, at Behind the Book Pass that are building, our Twitter following. And he was definitely good for the Niles brand.
1: God, uh, that, I remember, one of the ones I just randomly remember when you were talking is the, the Thonmaker picture that was put out by the official team account. I got a lot of mileage out of that was, I eat seven to eight times a day. Oh yeah, <laughs> I remember that one.
2: That was from a Howard Beck article, that quote, right? And they made up a, they uh, t- yeah. they put a graphic, a team graphic together on that, where they're like, yes. yeah, this is a good idea. Let's put this out. Yeah, very, very strange. Okay, what, so you mentioned obviously that game six against the Raptors, which was the Jet game. Um, is that the thing that stands out to you? Or what would you say is your earliest books memory of the actual books, not 2K books? What's kind of there in your head as the first time that you're like, okay, this is Milwaukee books, basketball. Uh,
1: I th- let's see. I think Jabari tearing boat as ACL like immediately <laughs> was one of those. Just like, is this like, what, what is, is this team cursed? Like what is going on? <laughs> like here comes the savior and he's gone. Uh, like there's that. I remember the whole Jason kids. So obviously Jason kids, a a figure the reason part of the reason the account got as big as it did was jason kidd's just utter stupidity
2: <laughs> uh <laughs> do you realize now i mean obviously you've got it from the account perspective you've had it good in a very different way over the past few months um like we'll, we'll talk value i'm sure later on and something like that is like it's a complete opposite of what you used to do what you used to have to do like when you think about that now is it a case of you didn't know how good you had it in terms of content when kid was there or are you just like the rest of us being like you know what i do not care i don't care if Nihil. this has now evolved into a different thing because yeah nobody nobody needs to go through jason kid for that long, long
1: i was actually like kind of happy that the bucks got good because i was getting so bored It was basically getting to the point where it was Mad Libs. It was like something, something, void, something, player, like welcome the harbinger of ruin, blah blah blah. It was just getting to Mad Lib style, where I didn't even have fun with it anymore. Like there was occasionally a new like meme that would pop up or whatever after I. We'll get into this account actually randomly teaching me things. Like when I taught myself image editing for this stupid account, (laughs) Uh, even though I'm not good at it. Like I taught myself how to do it to make stupid pictures like the lineup lottery and all that other fun stuff like i think that was the first like actual bit like recurring bit on nihilist was that or the urson contract wait no that was probably Ursan contract
2: the... was definitely later yeah lineup yeah, lottery after... was one of the early staples yeah and that was not just a bit because that was actually how the bucks lineups were working at the time so yeah
1: oh god deandre liggins baby
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was yeah, Gary Payton too. Gary Payton too. The Mitten, had a, the Mitten has, to be fair, mm. he's had a better <laughs> career where people, like, you see tweets right now and you're like, he's really good. Someone should sign Gary Payton too. And it's is, like, wow. is not he just
1: sign with, like, the Lakers or Warriors or something like that?
2: Anyway. I thought he was still it unsigned, be... but that's possible. Um, I might have missed that. He's still unsigned. He's still oh, he's on on sign. I I'd say it's yeah. probably a matter of time before something like that happens. Um he's maybe one of the more interesting players still there.
1: He'll get he'll end up on the Mavericks. Um.
2: <laughs> oh, for his sins. Yeah. Or the sins of his father, more accurately. Um, <laughs> who was your first kind of Books favorite. Who is the books player
1: that you read? You know the answer to that. that I was... know, but I'm this is a podcast. <laughs> I know. Yeah?
2: I'm not I'm not asking for my own benefit. This is for listeners who may not know. Trust uh, I, me, yeah. I know, I remember. I probably got like a tells of messages about this player.
1: Oh yeah. I was so originally my first bit when I was this wasn't even I this is just me doing a bit, was I was in love with Delhi. Like I thought it was so funny. The Bucks gave him like a, what was eight twenty four contract. It was like what? <laughs> it was like nonsense. I could not believe it. Like Jason, Kidd, like the most open tampering ever. Jason Kidd went to the finals to go scout Delhi. And I remember, did he get signed before he played in the Olympics, or did I was I just joking that he was a future Milwaukee Buck the entire time he was in the Olympics? Um, because I felt like I don't... that would have been before. Because Olympics are like what late July. Yeah, yeah. so it was that, or, it was that summer, I think.
2: Yeah, and because I, I was I was watching all those games and writing blog posts on them, so he was definitely a book at that point.
1: Yep, that was just after I know, I was either about well, right after he signed or well, I just remember jokingly telling Adam future future book Matthew Vadova, and then it actually happened. It was. Very funny, and then it was very like, "Oh God, what did what have they just done?" And then it was probably Greg Monroe. Like, I mean, honestly, obviously, it was like actually Giannis and Chris. But my like terrible buck, I love. It was Greg Monroe, and then I did. I wanted to believe in Rashad Vaughn so much. <laughs> That's <was> another. <laughs> was that a bit or was uh, that real? both? I remember m- memeing the hell out of his summer league so much. <laughs> Every summer league, Bucs fans would suddenly believe in Rashad Vaughn again, and then they, um, the season would come around. He'd hit his first three, and everyone would start like, "Oh my god, he's put it together!" And then he'd like miss his next fourteen shots and refuse to play defense. And it was,
2: <laughs> it's like, up oh, here we go again. For the record, for the record, I was just like it out there that I never believed in Rashad Vaughn. I, <laughs> I honestly, I don't there may not be a Bucks player I've believed in less. There probably is if I thought hard about it, Uh but he's, up. he's right up there. Uh That was when he when he was
1: cooking. You were bringing his, your bag lunch. You were not sure. having any of that. I, I was not you know, a cooking buck. The I shop. believed in less. Was I believed less in Dante at first? <laughs> Obviously, his summer league did him no favors. I take, but I didn't want them to draft Dante at first. I was full on team Kevin Herder or Lonnie Walker, and we ended up with Dante. <laughs> Oh, God. The Scoop is still one of the funniest plays in, I think, in NBA history. Just <laughs> partially because it's Delhi, but also just because it's so ridiculous that happened at a playoff game.
2: It's also, like, one of the greatest players plays ever at the Bradley Center. Oh, yeah. Like, right up there. It, it may well be number one. Like, probably not, but anecdotally, feel- people say that was basically as loud as the Bradley Center ever was.
1: Uh, I think that same series, game three, th- just Thon. You can put Thon's entire game three up there sure. too. <laughs> when he had yeah. five blocks and four threes or whatever it was.
2: Just a, we we just recorded um for our last episode we recorded with Tim Ray, who I know is another friend of yours, and Thon came up you know, right for the off and we were just we were talking about that series and just what a crazy time it was. Um, I think it was that year wasn't it that Tim said he was last on the pod but this was after the the conference finals or something like that and it's like talking with Tom and yeah what a weird what a weird trajectory all of that took but that that Delhi play like that's one that straight away if you're like oh you know great books plays of your years watching the team there are now so many things that should come to mind before that and I guarantee you that will come to my mind straight away because at the time things are grim and uh that was a that was a good play it was a very deli play it was about as deli as it could get like for your particular brand at that time that was certainly ideal <laughs> um was was it just like that deli was a ready-made meme was that the thing that drew uh, you to him or did you actually find yourself again kind of loving the things that made him so meme worthy to begin with
1: uh, little a obviously, I already knew about Delhi because he was so memeable, and obviously he was LeBron James's second best player on a finals team, which is the funniest sentence. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, and I was just like super excited that he'd get on a team and I'd get to annoy all my people on Twitter that I already knew with Delhi. <laughs> i actually, I just remembered. I think I'd probably block this out. I remember watching game two of that same series in a shit bar in Iowa. I was, I think on a double date. I didn't know it was a double date. And I was watching basket, like the It was on in the background. Of the, I was like trying to catch up with the score. And <laughs> she was like, my friend's like, what, what the hell are you doing?
2: <laughs> and you were watching Dally. Uh,
1: Yeah, it was the Bucs Celtics series. I, don't, I think it was game two. But anyway, I just forgot I had that memory. Anyway.
2: What for you? And this is a question that you could go a lot of ways with, I think. um, You of all people. But what do you consider to be the low point of your time watching the books?
1: I distinctly remember, like, the DeAndre Liggins, Gary Payton era of just bringing in these players that, look, I didn't know that much about basketball. I'd only been a fan for a couple of years. I even knew they were terrible. It was like, what are you like? And we had, yeah, I distinctly remember the lineup lottery, like DeAndre Liggins playing over Malcolm Brogdon and everyone losing their minds.
2: And it (laughs) was. Brogdon uh, shrugging on the bench while he's not playing. Mm -hmm. Oh
1: God. Yeah. And it's just, it was just like, what are we doing? Like, I remember, yeah, the fire kid movement was in full force. Everyone was like, what is going on? This is, the man is drunk at his station, or whatever. The you know the, the train has left the station. None of this makes sense. We have this obvious player or great player because I think that was the year Giannis was the first player ever to finish in top twenty and everything. I think yeah, that I was think the you're same right. year. Uh, and it was just like we are wasting it, and it was just like, what do we do? <laughs> it was, it was like, please, somebody help us. Like, oh god, he's friends with the owner, that's why he's still here. Oh god, please. There's no hope. There's only the void. I remember that being like legitimately like this team is hopeless until they fire a kid. But and then it was and, like, up nope, go.
2: Well, I was just gonna say, like, for you, do you remember because I know you mentioned that like the void for you became something that was like an old bit. You were happy to change it up and have something better to move on to. But do you remember that kind of time or is that the peak of popularity for that? Um, particular brand of Niles.
1: Uh, no, the Nihilist brand usually like gets is popular for the five minutes after the Bucks lose every year. Obviously, right. that didn't happen this year. But yeah, besides that, that was when it was like when I was doing the lineup lottery, I was pulling like De- I had DeAndre Liggins memes up, uh, which is the stupidest sentence ever. Uh, De- DeAndre Liggins getting memes. I remember I had this picture of him looking confused in street clothes, and I tweet it all the time. Like, why are you playing? And he goes, I don't know.
2: (laughs) They're uh, useful. I know from my book's meme folder, if you can get, you know, player confused, player shrugging, like, they're pretty um, adaptable memes. Mm
1: -hmm. But yeah, that was definitely the peak where I was having fun with it, like making the stupid lottery pictures with like the wheels. Making the wheels were always the favorite. Like, not only did I make the wheel, I found a way you can make a wheel that actually spins. I had like the wheel of excuses and the wheel of <laughs> the wheel of the lineups and it was it was <laughs> like lose a turn uh yeah and at one point I think I had a wheel that was just Giannis because he was 22 so he can play as much as he wants that was an the classic kid quotes were so great like Uh, you can't lose a game in seven to eight minutes anyway is the funniest (laughs) the funniest quote in the (laughs) history of the Bucks about jason kidd talking starting gary payton for no discernible reason
2: i Uh, honestly like the 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 past couple of months have brought about lots of things to bring kid memories and a kid discourse back and people just do not Either there's some people who don't remember or some people who weren't there. And there's people who like support other teams and just never cared at the time. And they're like, yeah, it wasn't that bad. You know, it's like, no, it it was it, whatever you think it was worse. It was so much worse. It's probably worse than most books fans who even uh, were around at the time. Remember, it's just honestly the things he would say. And that's I, I'm glad like someone like you says that he was locked in on that, because that's the thing that I always come back to. So I remember losing my mind, whether it's actually on podcasts or if it's just like talking to Jordan off podcasts to be like, listen to the thing he said today. Like, this is just insane. Like, how is this guy, the coach of the team? How are they going about trying to win games with the players they have with a coach who's saying stuff like this or acting like this toward players? player? you yeah. got
1: play to play the gate, not to get political but you could have played a game of is this a Jason kidd quote or a Donald Trump quote yeah
2: there's
1: some very uh distinct parallels okay so I found the wheel of excuses uh let's see uh no one has won before on this team yeah that was a common one uh let's see uh f obviously energy and effort we're a young team execute we didn't execute tonight uh what's this one I can't let's see you gotta respin the wheel. It's on the.
2: You actually, your audio sounds this. Are you like away in a corner of a room where there's a giant wheel that you've just <laughs> you've brought out for the first time in years? Wheel! He's up.
1: Of... <laughs> Excuses!
2: No, I was actually getting excited at the thought that there was a real <laughs> wheel that you had, you know, it'd been gathering dust for years. You just literally wheeled it back out to talk to Jason Kidd. Um, there was. Okay. There was what? that,
1: yep, there was that, and then it was I thought John Horst was drafting players by pulling names out of a hat, like obviously d j. Wilson, I believe, was a kid pick, or at least we can blame it on it being a kid pick, but it was like just there was after that, and uh Devin Chinzo back to back, I was convinced that he was either only watching the tournament to make his selections or was just pulling names out of a because it was <laughs> nonsensical, I thought, obviously, I trust Horst now because it seems like. Oh yeah, he can just go find people off the bargain bin and then they turn into good role players. It's kind of insane actually, but
2: yeah, definitely a useful uh, trait that he's shown over the years because drafting is to this day not a <laughs> strong <drunk> suit. <laughs> we can't even
1: determine or like discern whether he is drafting from hat because there's no picks
2: to draft from. Yeah, he's just decided I'm going to punt forever.
1: Yeah, you want to talk about drafting, uh, Adam. How many Bucks draft picks played in the finals?
0: The correct in, answer is
1: one. Giannis is the old. Yeah. is the only draft pick that for the Bucks who played in the finals. Obviously DiVincenzo's Chinzo's on the roster, but he didn't play. But
2: Yeah, that's uh, it's not I can't say you're getting better anytime soon. Because if they get back there next year, like er is there anyone is Jordan War gonna play? We'll see. Um your favorite books moment prior to the championship. Is there anything that you can actually from all of the the grim kid years or even the early bud stuff that stands out to you as a highlight or something that you're like oh okay well this is different this isn't the same old books
1: uh i remember distinctly well this isn't really a happy it ended up being a it was the first thing that popped into my head i was legitimately for the first time i pulled out a second tv to watch game of thrones uh one of the Game of Thrones, I think it was the Battle of Winterfell. Maybe it wasn't, but it was the Battle of Winterfell in Game 3 against the Raptors like in the of uh, the Eastern Conference Finals. I think you're at the right. S- I remember that. At the same time, mm-hmm. my parents are like well, I think yeah, I was at home for somehow that fucking weekend. Uh and they were like what are you doing? <laughs> I'm like no seriously, I have to watch both of these things simultaneously. <laughs> I was like, yeah, uh I- I legitimately it was. Everything was so hot. We were just up two zero. It was like they can't run with us. I'm like, that was that was when I learned the new meaning of despair. I think <laughs> the reverse sweep.
2: So uh. that keeps coming up in these podcasts over and over again. That series, um, games right around then, and this is something that Jordan and I have talked a lot about over the years. That we were just like, we were pretty convinced at that point they were going to win a championship. Like it just seemed like that's what was gonna happen. Is that had you reached that point, do you think, when they went um two zero? When they went up
1: two oh, yeah, I yeah. was like, This is happening. Like I was also yeah, just the probably the happiest moment, even though it was bittersweet after the yeah, the Giannis MVP, I was super happy, like he got it like he got recognized for being incredible. But Yeah, that was I was fully convinced we were gonna win the title and we were so close all right we just need to bring everyone back we'll do it again and then the Malcolm Brogdon thing happened <laughs> and I was like oh oh no uh I was like oh god what a-? and then we signed Wesley Matthews and I was like okay and then the bubble happened we don't need to talk about the bubble everyone knows the bubble was depressing
2: <laughs> yeah the bubble is super depressing I've like, I've said this on previous I I have very little memory of it I think I that's something I chose to do is to blank out the bubble. So I agree with that. The thing, the thing that you bring up there, which is interesting too, which is like, I remember, I remember the post Brogdon feeling. And then it's like, Oh, well they find West matches that, that will kind of work. And then it's like, okay, PJ goes and it's the same kind of deal. And then you're like, Oh, okay. They found other good players, potentially. Like, that's the thing that when we talk about the draft stuff earlier, right that really is the example of horse just finding ways to kind of paper the whole thing together um, and just keep the whole thing on the road that it's like, yeah, I guess they could be better. Every every year, for the past couple of years, it's like it feels like by the time we get to the season, it's like, you know what, this year's team might actually be better than last year's team. And I don't quite know how that's happening.
1: Yeah, because we signed Dollar Store, PJ Tucker, and Semi Ojale. We signed Great Value, Chris Middleton, and Rodney Hood. We're just. <laughs> Yeah, uh, John Hurst is hilarious at, like signing like be- like old ver- wet veteran versions of players that were used to be on the team.
2: It's true. There is there is a sense of um what's the kind of most literal way I can find replacements? Like I think in this year's case, the most literal way of finding a PJ Tucker replacement of what they had is going to force them to finding other ways potentially to uh, play and to replace PJ Tucker's minutes. But yeah, we'll see how all that plays out this is this is a question that for you i think is a little bit different to other people we've asked it do you think there's anything particularly different interesting or even special about being a book fan
1: uh there's well i've seen it in some other fan bases but just the never leaving sense of dread is something i just love and cherish like other fan we also talk more smack for a franchise that hadn't done anything like people get into it with the raptors fans still to this day i'm not gonna name names but i've like raptors twitter like and bucks twitter are just constantly in like a war or, like a, that's just single battles throughout lettered across the land field of mines like everyone no just problem with this
2: i hate the Raptors. Yeah. like <laughs> honestly i hate them so much jordan will attest to this i hated them for years it's a pity they're terrible now so that this can't be a real rivalry. But I even get that. And I am not that person. But it's like it, it, the thing is, the Raptors fans, they talked a lot of shit. They talked, to, to be fair, they got the better of the books. They got their championship first. Fine. But I get why that happened.
1: And it's so weird. Like, they're so, like, I don't want to try to start your podcast getting into war with Raptors fans, but they're so weirdly insecure about the stupidest things. Like, we started doing the, the Deer District, and they got mad that we were copying Jurassic Park. Like, they have some patent on watching games outside. It was the saddest thing I've ever seen. They were, like, just stewing, getting mad about, like, the Deer District, and it was getting, like, coverage. It was like, the Jurassic Park, blah, 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 blah. And it was like, who cares? Like, fans are showing up now. Great. And it was just like, well, yeah, Toronto had watch parties, blah, blah, blah. It's like, I don't care. I don't know why you think we care.
2: Like, the they book's, hate- by the way the book's just on that the book's first time doing the outdoor watch party 1987 books USSR that's that's the first time they did it they played the Soviet Union uh, in the McDonald's whatever McDonald's Open I think it was called and they had a massive watch party outside The so Raptors didn't even exist
1: Oh, that's funny someone needs to feed that to buck's twitter if, hopefully they're listening i
2: think that's what we're doing you know that's what happens <laughs> You say stuff for the pod uh so someone someone can remember that and use it when it's appropriate yeah, possibly but... you you know yeah. um, the, 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 i the... i did pick
1: and choose my battles at this point like there's <laughs> <You> points <maybe? laughs> yeah there's it, there's points where it's just like i just want to stay out of this one like you guys can go ahead and then the
2: there's basically... I honestly do not believe that. I would never have guessed that. <laughs>
1: it's either I'm engaged, I'm fully engaged, and I've created an entire brand around this person's entire persona, or I'm not engaged at all at this point. Like. <laughs> it's either 87 tweets where I'm just mocking this in person, or there's no tweets at all, if we're being honest at this point. Like it all depends like is what they're saying funny or are they just being an idiot like if they're just being an idiot there's only so much fun i get out of like, calling them an idiot like if because that there's some sort of twitter actions where it's fun where you guys can, you can like go back and forth with someone who's either just being an obtuse moron and it's just funny like talking around them and they don't quite understand what's going on how did we get here <laughs> I got down a road. I
2: asked you uh, amazingly I love how we got here. I asked you if there was anything special about being a books fan, <laughs> <laughs> which yeah, I, I guess, mean, we... yes, in a way, is the answer that we got to.
1: Like, obviously, our guys are pretty much our guys. Besides Drew, like Drew, obviously showed up and won the title, but like Giannis and Chris have been the core of the team for literally what eight years Mm -hmm. and uh obviously getting to watch them win it was very special as compared to like the raptors who had Kawhi leonard come in in the, the the midst of night win a title and leave um and he's the greatest player in their franchise and he wants nothing to do with them it's very funny like obviously that's special but like yeah buck's twitter is just unique in that we were up what was it 25 28 in that hawks game i'm watching the game with my friends and they're like, "Oh man, you're going to the final." I'm like, "Don't, don't!" I, I, they're going to, they're going to blow this lead. They're like, "What are you talking about?" They're up twenty, whatever. And I'm like, and then they, the Hawks, you know, went on their run at the end. There, yeah, I'm like, "The I just, tries to." I'm sitting there, like pulling my hair out, like curling up in a. Bu- it's like if we go to game seven, we're not going to win. Like I was fully, like, I was full on meltdown. Like I don't know if I was, if I was tweeting about it, but I was just sitting there rubbing my temples, like. We need to get out this way and just get it over with. I do not want to see a game seven. Please do not give me... I cannot do this.
2: Okay, we're we're getting into the good stuff. We're getting into the championship. You have maybe spent as much time thinking about the championship run and particularly some of its most famous moments um, than anyone. And even those Ardent books fans over the past kind of six weeks, eight weeks, um, from the value, which I'm sure people listening are aware of the value but have seen your uh, various adaptations of that iconic play day to day for quite a while and just how that much like all nihilist books bits how it spiraled into something so much bigger and more time consuming than maybe you realize at the start is that fair
1: uh you mean when i started the account i was just gonna post the video of the play every day and then it slowly spiraled yeah so it started out with uh it's like oh i want to put the tight because i i don't i don't know if you guys are like titanic music over plays happens like a lot like i think you guys probably know but i was like i want to put my heart will go on over it and i'm like how do i do that and it was like okay this is relatively simple i did it and then i just started like flipping through my like music and i'm like what songs would work like because i could start tweeting a different song every day like i just have to figure out what part of the song to edit out like i think one of my personal favorites still is it did iris by the goo goo dolls next and like right when the final chorus kicks in and that one was pretty good and then it slowly spiraled into accidentally learning video editing is a bit uh and i just started getting more and more complex adding more and more different shots i, I don't know where it really started like the- when it got out of hand I know it was getting out of hand when I did the Spider- or Into the Spider-Verse, where I was editing in clips from the movie, and I was like, okay, what is going on? <laughs> Let's take a step back here. Like, what am I doing? Uh, yeah, and then, it, like, Sweet Victory from SpongeBob, like, that one was pretty in-depth. The Queen one, and then it just kind of, yeah, it, it spiraled into madness by the time I got to the end of the Hall of the Mountain King, where it ends up with six hundred and 54 different versions of it playing at the same time mm-hmm. and <laughs> of course then it all accumulated in the or came to a climax at the final value i put out like a week a week or two ago
2: but, so is it a really stupid question on my part to ask you what is your favorite moment of the books championship <laughs> um it's the but, sunblock right
1: <laughs> no i mean obviously it's the value but like especially when i made the seven minute deep dive value which is a stupid sentence uh the the Brook lopez block from game seven of the net series i feel like has got no none or nowhere near of the love it deserves because i was like going through that game i was like oh my god i forgot i forgot all about this play holy crap <laughs> like that was another one of the ones I remember the chris Middleton heat shot is i th- literally like the banishing the demon shot like that's not part of the finals that's one of my favorite moments of the heat. it was basically that I was like oh this we, we 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 might have something here like if we're just gonna banish all the demons immediately like let's go uh like just gritting out that heat game i I think you guys even mentioned it on the post game pod like this feels different already like
2: if they lose that like they- there's a really good chance that it doesn't end the way it does yeah it's a big deal that they won immediately and the way they did
1: uh yeah let's see another great moment was game two where i got my account locked for impersonating the fire department
2: (laughs) (laughs) i did not know about that that oh yeah so
1: i i made my brand the milwaukee fire department i didn't even look like their twitter i just like made my name the milwaukee fire department and then uh, said, we've heard of the fire at Pfizer Forum. Please stop calling. Oh,
2: yeah. <laughs> I have for- actually forgot about that entirely. Uh, that and... makes sense. That would uh, play out that way for you. Yeah Bryn, um... for-
1: yeah. Bryn Forbes is a serial arsonist. Please arrest this man. Uh, yeah, that was fun. I was like, I should probably put this back before I go to bed. And then I woke up and it was like, your account has been locked until you change your name and profile picture. I'm like, okay. And then it was fine. But I was just like, that's the first time this has ever happened.
2: I get it. It makes sense. <laughs> I get why that would happen when you do that. Um, for you then, particularly because your book's journey is, even we've talked to quite a few people at this point, yours is very different to everyone else's. Uh, particularly the ways in which you've been invested and some of the public ways you've been invested in it too, the online ways. So what did it mean to you to see the books win it all? Like, I, I know... I know on a personal level how vested you were and how you were going to extreme lengths to get the most out of enjoying this book's run. Um but what did it mean to you when they then go and win it all?
1: Uh let's see, I uh me and uh Justin Superstar cried, uh or Justin Superbuck, whatever you want to call him. We watched it together. That was kind of a special moment we had. Uh in a b in a random bar. That was supposedly, yeah. Anyway, yeah, we cried. Uh, you don't need to give too many details. Like I legitimately, be- <laughs> you can cut that out if you want. It's fine. I watched it with Justin. But anyway, uh, I remember tearing up before the game because I had already typed up the end of the Urson countdown thread. That was if they won the title. I was like, this might be tempting fate, but I just feel it. We're going to win bucks and six, like the prophecy is going to be fulfilled. Uh, and it was just I had already typed up, and I was already had tear a little bit tearing, which is the stupidest thing ever. And I'm writing a jo- end of a joke to a bit that uh, the world of light or whatever the hell I wrote, like and you feel joy for the first time, whatever I wrote, but it was like, uh, that do you ever feel? Oh, God. I'm just having a self-actualization that I spent two and a half years on a single bit (laughs) that I updated daily.
2: (laughs) You're talking to the right guys for, like, you know, years of your life being, like, not just... Most people we talk to, it's like, oh, yeah, okay, they've watched the books. Like, Jordan and I poured, what, six, seven years? Six years, I think, probably. Yeah, closer to Seven for you, um, into, like, day-to-day every detail of this team where yeah so i i get it i definitely get it also i don't like i have no shame i teared up many times during this run and by by game six i was a mess like a mess multiple times because it is just we we talked about this on post game pods during the playoffs too it's kind of like it's if you'd asked me, did I think they could win a championship or did I imagine they could do it? I would have said yes all along. Like there were genuinely, there've been times over the years. I'm like, yeah, they could win a championship this season. But when they actually get there, you're like, Oh, holy shit. This is like very different. Like what you imagine is, Oh yeah, they can win a championship to them being like they're 48 minutes away from winning a championship. It's a completely different feeling to even what I imagined it being and a completely different level of stress. I would say to go with that too
1: just watching that game six like we don't need to rehash game six but just watching Giannis just decide no there's not going to be a game seven the finals are over and just single-handedly willing the team to the title was one of those beautiful things I'd ever seen it was like Giannis was just the most locked in I've ever seen and where it was like no this is over this game this finals is over we're done there are no more this is it <laughs>
2: Well, that might I was gonna ask you next, what's your lasting memory gonna be? Is it just is it something like Giannis producing that game at that moment? Or is there even something more kind of specific if you're to narrow in? Is there like a single image or a single moment that for you it's like, Well, that's 10, 15, whatever, how many years you wanna go from now where it's like, What's your memory of the books championship run? What's gonna come to mind for you?
1: Well, honestly for me it's probably gonna be going to game three. Like getting the chance to actually go to the NBA Finals, like I was with a group of friends. We had a fantastic time. Like I, uh, yeah, all three, all three games I went to in Milwaukee, and the one basically full week. If you add all the days up, probably a little bit more. I think eight days I spent in Milwaukee. Besides being a drunken blur, where some of the most fun I'd had in like two and a half year or two years, whatever, since like the pandemic and everything else, it was great to actually go have fun before delta i was gonna, <laughs> apparently gonna lock everything down again but uh yeah that was just so much fun i made some friends that we're gonna con- like i am convincing people we're gonna i'm gonna go to milwaukee again i think this regular season i we have to figure out when because we're all gonna try to meet up again ring night i don't think is gonna work because it's on a tuesday but just making lasting friends that I'd already been friends with them on the internet, but actually meeting them in real life and everyone being as genuine. Mm -hmm. Like, I have yet to have, even from people I wasn't really Twitter friends with until I met them in person, just randomly in Milwaukee, uh, I have yet to have a not wholesome interaction with someone who was on Buck's Twitter, even if I wasn't really, like, interacting with them that much, but I, like, knew their account. Like, every single person has been genuinely wholesome, and it is honestly incredible that, like, everyone is just... Like, every interaction's been great. I've yet to have a better son that's like, oh, that guy is actually a dick or whatever. Like, everyone's been fantastic. It's actually re- crazy.
2: Well, yeah, that's very cool. I am, I'm one, I'm jealous that you got to go to. Were, am I the only person here who wasn't at game, were you at Game 3 or was it Game 4, Jordan? Four. Oh, okay. That was the,
1: right. yeah. Um,
2: But I'm, that same thing of, like, over the years getting to know, so many people and kind of like, this is its really what this uh, particular run of podcasts is about. It's just lots of people that over the years, um, we've got to know Jordan and I not kind of actually even taking into account that Jordan and I also like get know each other through this, but to get to know all these people online, have that great thing to then get to meet. It's not something I've done yet, but I'm very much looking forward to it. And it seemed like, and I know even talked to you privately during that time um, that you had just the most amazing time so that is very very cool and a great memory to have do you think the Bucks will win another championship whether it's soon i don't know that it can be that vague or is it gonna be are the Bucks just doomed to be a franchise that's like great you got one here comes 50 more years of pain is there gonna be a 50-year wait or do you believe that the Bucks can and will win more championships in that time
1: as long as Giannis and Chris are here and uh, I honest I if it's gonna be if we're gonna win one, it's gonna be within the next four years. Like Giannis, Chris, and Drew all here. Like otherwise, I mean obviously Giannis will still be here, God willing. Uh I don't think he's leaving, but and you know, his contract'd be up if he wanted to and we'd give him a parade and a statue and the key to the city and every single other thing if you wanted to pursue financial opportunities yeah all Yeah, him buying the brewers is so funny because i remember i went to a brewers game with some people from bucks twitter and i remember jokingly asking because i don't follow baseball that much i don't pretend to like i I pay attention to the brewers because everyone on my twitter friends obviously is a brewers fan so I i tend to keep up with how they're doing uh But it was. I, I was like, remember looking at Jersey? It's like, can I get an Ana kumpo one? Just is that a thing? Like, because <laughs> we had that exact conversation, like standing. I think staring at a Kristen Yelich jersey, and it was just. And now that's real, which is just very funny. We had a good laugh about that. But sorry, yeah. what, was que- what, what was the question? What was the question? Question
2: was, Do you think they can avoid another fifty-year wait? Uh,
1: yeah, it's if. I think there it's a good chance we get one within the next 4 years. Will it be next year? Who knows. Like obviously the Nets have built their entire core of obviously highly talented players around three injury prone players where obviously we saw what happened in the playoffs. And uh, can they all be healthy at the same time? We'll see. Like if they're all healthy and playing at their levels and actually work together, that team's going to be very difficult to beat. I think they could do it if the uh the Bucks don't play like idiots like they are tend to sometimes. But yeah, it's it's going to be the whole what is this team going to look like in a couple years? Like are we going to re up Chris like on another max? I hope we would I if Giannis and Chris are separated, I'm going to cry real tears. But yeah, that's like the whole like four years from now when Drew's contract's up, is he gonna retire? Like, is Chris gonna? I don't know what Chris is gonna do. He'll be obviously. Giannis will still only be like thirty, but like, interesting. Even what this team even Brook
2: like. before that is the one because that will be the the first kind of look we get at how they handle all of that and. If they kind of get a little bit ahead of that, which at the moment, I don't think so. And getting ahead of anything might require actually having some draft picks and not wasting them when you do use them. Um, but yeah, that's that's going to be the point where it comes to decisions on Drew and Chris in particular. But I I would go to Brook too and just how they deal with that and what way they go about that. It could, when it is... could get ugly in a hurry when you start doing that. Brook's a year earlier than the other.
1: Isn't it? I thought Brooke was next year his up, so then Bobby Portis is gonna get his definitely not previously agreed to under the table uh bag uh
2: that now, he got for uh, pre- I'm pretty sure Brooke is this 20, not next summer to summer. 20, after. 23 I think. Right. Okay. Um so Bobby is his Bobby'll get a little is... bit more next summer again. Um. although he should have got more this summer, so we'll see what Bobby decides to do. Maybe he gives up again, and then he's like, yeah, well, I'm he's... taking a max when Brooke goes. Um. But, yeah, that's the progression, is that likely 2022 is the final year of Brooke's Yeah, because
1: Bobby can sign for, what, 444 next year? Something like that? But...
2: Yeah, it's right in around that.
1: Because I'm assuming he'll, obviously, if, if we can slide him, I don't know if we can slide him into starting full-time, and then... Giannis will actively actually act as center, we'll see, but I don't know. Well that's two years from now, we don't have to worry about it.
2: They are the bridges that we'll cross when we get them.
1: May the bridges I burn light
2: the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you suggesting that maybe the way they deal with Brooke retiring or moving back to bring Miles Plumley back? Yeah. Um premier fun. That would that would certainly be uh, a turn up. Um uh, okay.
1: Oh, sorry adam before you go, go jordan jordan i just need you to know that meme has lived on i remember when i was hosting bucks jeopardy like on my account just as a bit and i said this phrase was on miles plumley's sweatshirt and it was answered immediately everyone knows that <laughs> made the bridges i burn light the way
2: <laughs> that's good and when you just just out of curiosity when you did because you even pointed this out to so me i had forgotten that you did books jeopardy on twitter were the answers that you had, were they the actual <laughs> correct answers? Unlike unlike, you know, when when a certain Rowan Cotty hosted and I was answering questions my whole life, and I was being told they were wrong when they were right. So just for the record, you were like a reliable host.
1: Well, yeah, that was it was insane because obviously I was making everything up as I go. I had the answers. I already had obviously I had the answers. But there was no categories. There was no set number of players. Everyone on my Twitter was playing. And it just yeah, that was insane. That was really fun. I've been I've been meaning to go back to it. It's just that was an entire afternoon I or two days I spent just sitting there with the Jeopardy creator making questions. But
2: Yeah, I, I have a Jeopardy to host very, very soon, so I'm gonna have to do exactly that. So um yeah, we'll see how that turns out. All I could say is I know that the answers will, in fact, be the answers. That's all I'll say on that one for now. Did, you, right, bu- this was... oh, sorry. did you
1: Did you? bully Rohan into hosting after the debacle of episode one? Or is you guys taking it? No,
2: no. The loser hosts. So <laughs> oh, I, okay. I lost. I'm going to host. And I think it's appropriate I host. You know, I'll show <laughs> Rohan how it's done. But, you know, <laughs> attention to detail, research. These are important. Important details. If you're going to be the host. So, yeah, that will be that will be our next episode of Jeopardy very, very soon. This was a, a lot of fun to finally get you on um, to talk books championship, but also a lot of the other stuff over the years with the books with you. Um, do you want to tell people where they could find you on Twitter or like I'm sure they know? But if you want to do that, or is there anything in particular you want to highlight for people? How is there anything being cooked up? Any characters? Anything we should be aware of over uh, at Nihilus Books HQ?
1: Let me look at my notes app. Um, I have dumb ideas and I write them down. Uh, but honestly, if you don't follow me, you shouldn't. And if you do follow me, you probably shouldn't. Uh, I meant to. I never got around to it. I was gonna actively try to lose followers over the the off season and i kept gaining them from the value and it was not going the way i wanted it to <laughs> but yeah uh go yeah go check out the final valley up on youtube i guess if i'm gonna plug anything i i worked hard on that seven minutes of stupidity but uh let's see i remember i was talking to easy yee on buck's twitter and we, I came up with the brand mid conversation with him. I haven't done it yet. Where it's Bucks Rescue, and it's just Bar Rescue, but about the Bucks. It's the stupidest idea ever. And I think I have two tweets planned for it. That's a brand that I just have saved that I haven't used yet. So there's a that for Ex- you.
2: That's an exclusive. Yeah.
1: And then <laughs> uh, another one, another brand I haven't done yet, and this is the stupidest one I've ever had is One Man Biker Gang, where it's just one dude by himself in a biker gang.
2: <laughs> 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 I cannot wait to see how that one plays out. Quick,
1: I guess, just, I don't know, you're ending the pod, you can use this or not, but the whole, like, divergence from Nihilist was, one, I was bored, two, the Bucks were good, so no one wanted to sit around and hear about that anymore. Because, yeah, I remember right around the Budenholzer era, I remember, I don't remember when the Switch happened, but I remember... I started out doing NBA drill tweets because I just wanted to tweet that Eric Bledsoe bowed his head solemnly. There's no difference between good <laughs> things and bad things, or whatever. <laughs> like I remember I, it, and everyone was like, "What the hell?" And then I just slowly started making up stupid ideas and just tweeting. I started tweeting instead of what I want the people. What I thought the people would want is what I wanted to tweet, and that's when the account became a, a chaos nightmare of someone with a broken brain. <laughs> I just started tweeting more like myself and people are like, what the hell is wrong with you?
2: <laughs> Some of the stuff it, people... It's funny you say that, because I do... I've I, I, I spoken to you long before. I remember pre-Nihilist. I remember Nihilist. And you are 100% right. There is a certain point where those things are just one and the same. And you know what? That's that's good. You know That's great. I'm glad to see that you can just tweet what you want to tweet now. That's a good point to have arrived at.
1: Yeah, like, when I got to the point where I was hosting an entire talk show based around the Ursan Ilyasova countdown that slowly descended into madness and was being consumed by the Void, which is an insane, everyone, just play that back, that is an insane sentence that no one with a functioning brain should be able to come up with, and I was having so much fun, I was, like, having a ball, and I'm like, I'm having, so like, I started having fun on Twitter again when I was started just doing that nonsense stuff. Like it was, yeah. When it got to the point where I was like getting bored and that's basically when I switch brands now is when I get bored or it's not funny anymore to me. Cause I just tweet things that I think are funny. And if people don't think they're funny, I don't care. Like, random number generator which is what i did on last april fools where i was just tweeting a random number every 15 minutes and people were getting so mad i was laughing hysterically at every single tweet i just tweet like 34 or 7 and people were like what are you doing
2: (laughs) that is i will admit that is and it's a response i've had to multiple of your tweets over over the years is what are you doing um (laughs) But I guess that's part of the fun of it—is the variety. You never know what you're gonna get next. So yeah, you know, Craigry may not want more followers, but if I—I I don't know—is this an endorsement? I will say you—you you do not know what you're gonna get next. Depending on the person, that may be an endorsement or it may not be.
1: The people that I love are the people who have yet never figure out that I'm a the same account because I constantly switch, and they like, fall for
2: every single change. Yeah.
1: Like, but it's gotten to the point where like too many people are in on Gregory and it's just not fun anymore. Like occasionally it's fun, but it almost just feels like a, a like dragging out this corpse for everyone to go laugh at. Like even okay. though it's anonymous.
2: On this, I did not know like, you know, Gregory's face. I don't know how much we want this. You could tell me if you want this cut. I did not know that Gregory's face belonged to an actual sports reporter until like last week. I thought he was like a stock photo art. Or- Something and that that blew my mind. It absolutely blew my mind.
1: So here's the story. I didn't know that either. <laughs> I Googled white sports reporter and I found the most generic looking headshot I could find, and then <laughs> I used it. And now it's too late. And now that I realize it's Joel, uh, it's Joel Clat. Like, I can say his name. I did not know it was a like football guy. Yeah. So, everyone, of course, every Saturday now will tweet me pictures of Joel Klatt like Gregory's here.
2: Um... <laughs> I saw a clip of him speaking like last week and it was really unnerving. I just, I, I it's unfortunate for him that there's like a whole NBA fan base that he probably does nothing about where he's like, wow. Uh, it's it's for the best he knows nothing about it. But so it's well, just.
1: He might know something about it at this point because it's, it's gotten possible. to the point. It's gotten to the point, like, he doesn't block me or I haven't heard of, the, not, not of that, but it got to the point when I announced uh, that after Jim Paschke was stepping down, I'm like, well, guess Gregory has to become the new play-by-play guy. Uh, so I had uh, Ryan and Six make me a beautiful graphic of, Craig- of Gregory with the welcome to Milwaukee, Gregory Smith. Uh, and I tweeted out, and it started blowing up because, like, of course, the my followers that were in on the joke, everyone's retweeting it, and it's kidding to the people that don't know that are in on the joke or not on on the joke. And everyone's just adding joke like, isn't that Joel Clat? Like,
2: <laughs> and I was like, okay,
1: I got to delete this now.
2: This has been genuinely uh, a lot of fun to talk through all this with you. It was great to have you on. Um, for everyone listening, let us know again if you're enjoying these. We'll keep doing them. We'll do a few more if people are having fun. Kind of going back down memory lane, where books over the years, books championship. Let us know. We'll, we'll keep doing them for a while yet if it remains popular. Um, to make sure you get all of our episodes subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. You should also subscribe at gsvn.substack.com. You'll get all of our podcasts, videos as well as whatever. Random articles, stuff, Jordan, Rowan, Ty, or I might have. So uh, until next time, thanks again to all of you for listening. Thank you, Craig. Reed. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you.